Welcome to Backstage the Enharmonic. I'm your host, Sean J. Kennedy. My very special guest today is drummer and percussionist Ray Dealey. This interview is near and dear to my heart because Ray is a dear friend of my wife and I. I studied drums and percussion with Ray while a high school student back in the mid-80s. And ironically, so did my wife, who went to a different high school about an hour away from where I lived. And in college, we found out that we both had the privilege of studying with Mr. Dealey while high school students, even though we didn't know each other. Since that time, we've stayed in touch with Ray and visited him at his home in Cape May, New Jersey, and have had many phone conversations with him over the years about music, life, and everything else. Ray is one of the most humble musicians I've ever met. You'd never know it, but the guy toured the world with the biggest acts that were ever on the planet, such as Frank Sinatra, Chubby Checker, Bobby Rydell, Anne Margaret, Julie Andrews, etc., etc. One of my favorite memories about studying with Mr. Dealey was the nonchalant way that he'd tell me about his weekend's exploits. I'd go into my lessons and say, Hey, Mr. Dealey, how are you? Like on a Monday afternoon. Oh, fine, I had some gigs this weekend. I'd be like, oh, who were you playing with this weekend? He goes, oh, Sinatra. As if he had just gone to the supermarket. Hopefully this interview gives you a taste of what my lessons were like back in high school, and I'm sure many of my listeners who studied with him can tell similar stories uh, about their wonderful experiences learning drums from Mr. Dealey. So I hope you enjoy this edition of Backstage at the Enharmonic. Hey, Ray, this is Sean Kennedy. How are you? Well, thank you. How about yourself? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for taking some time to be on this podcast. We really love everything you've done for us as a teacher and a percussionist, so I know a lot of people are going to get something out of this. All right, thank you. What is your earliest memory of music in your life having some sort of profound impact? Uh, my father was a professional dancer in vaudeville, and what he did with his feet, he, used to, he had sticks, and he used to fall with the sticks, so that's, that's how I got started. So he was a yeah, tap dancer? He was a tap dancer, yes, back in the wonderful days. Wow. What was his stage no, name? I guess, uh, I guess the same thing. I can think Harold Dealey. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, I guess he toured the country and all that uh, with the vaudeville At that service. time he did, yes, yes. And when he got married, he gave it up. And I guess I was born in 35, so probably, probably in the 20s, early 20s maybe. <laughs> or maybe before that. <clears throat> okay. You said the uh, what he did with his feet kind of transferred to your hands. Did you start taking formal lessons when you were little? <clears throat> yeah, I started taking lessons when um, I was studying. Uh, I went to Maspon Music School, <clears throat> and there was a guy there at the time who went into Curtis, and I studied with him. Uh, he's been, I can't even think of his name right now. He's, 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 de- he's been dead for like 20 years. <clears throat> but that's who I started studying with. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, I played all the all Catholic and all orchestra. I made it every year. I thought I was so good. I didn't stop practicing. And, and I came in like last place one year and where I woke me up and <laughs> started studying like crazy again. So <clears throat> I don't know if that's that interesting, but uh, that was back in the Warson Spangler days. <clears throat> so you said you studied with a guy from uh, Curtis, right? Yes. It's, um, yes. Henry Robinson was his name. He's, he's, he's dead now. But he was at Curtis okay. at the time. Okay. I used to go to his I house. I used to run on my bicycle. He charged me 50 cents a lesson. I went up twice a week to his house, which was about <laughs> four or five miles from my home. But 
And in the snow, he would put my bike in the car and drive me home. On the, yeah, it's a long time. Oh, ago. nice. But 50 cents a lesson was kind of weird. <clears throat> I guess it was kind of normal at those times. <clears throat> now, did you study uh, non-pitched percussion with him or both pitched and non-pitched? No, I just studied drums at that time. I okay. didn't study, uh, yeah, I, uh, I didn't study, start to study a mallet, so I got into mass bomb, and then I studied with uh, Nick DeBico. Oh, okay. Another tremendous, he, he was a graduate of Curtis, too. Mm, yeah, killer player. <clears throat> yes, yeah, amazing. I used to go and watch him play the ice shows, and he'd get up and play something at perfect pitch and a temp and ends up. Well, it was unbelievable. Some of us let me come back and start talking about the ball game. Get up, wait a minute. I got to say, it was like kind of unreal. Like he was, it was so easy for him. <laughs> wow. And those things were books. Amazing. They were like double books for the, for those shows. Ice show and yeah. the, uh, uh, the circus, things like that. I used to go sit and watch him play. <clears throat> Where did you go after high school? I went right to Curtis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want a scholarship to Curtis. Study with Fred was, Hanger. There. Uh, Fred Hanger there at that time. Hmm. It was Fred's first year there when you started? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I, how I long were you with Curtis? I was only there three years. I left <clears throat> financially because at those days, my father was making $35 a week. And I got a chance to play and make $125 a week, which was unheard of. And I left in my third year. Okay. Traveled with guys, guys like Larry McKenna in those days. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was it was a band. It was Vince Montana, who was, was pretty big in the business. He aged this died recently, and it was a five-piece group. We traveled all over the country, and Larry McKenna and I were both. Well, I knew him very well for years, <clears throat> and well, we were we were like we maybe three years. I did a lot of that for for a lot of years, traveling with different groups. <clears throat> Some of the better groups, George Young, Vegas, I did Vegas three or four times. Uh, but a lot of different groups. I, I don't know what that, that's interesting. Mike Pettison, Jr., Dave Apple and the Applejacks. Well, uh, that's why I said I don't know how important this stuff is, but uh, that's, what, that's what I did. I did a lot of traveling with a lot of different groups for years. <clears throat> I was still with Nick. He was leaving the high school, so he gave me all his schools. So I, I wound mm. up with like 14 Catholic schools. <clears throat> he went mm. into the colleges, and I was doing his high schools, <clears throat> which included, uh, like I said, 14 Catholic schools and Immaculata and Bucks Community College. <clears throat> now, when you were in high school, did you have a, a definite plan for your career, like you wanted to be a professional musician, or was there something else in the mix that you were considering? No, that's, like, that's what I always wanted to be. Mm, in that okay. class, there was guys like Tony Marshall and all of the time. Three of us went to Curtis, four went to Juilliard, and the other guys were Jazz, uh, Lex Humphrey, uh, Henry Grimes, uh, uh, Lee Morgan, all those guys. <laughs> those, that's, wow. yeah, that's the kind of guys we're in, so I, was, I was in school with. Uh, Billy Root. <laughs> you were in uh, was just, yes. You were yeah, in school with Billy Morgan? Yes, yes, yes. Wow. And he uh, he said to me, Ray, when you're with Super Circus, I'll be with Dizzy. And I was funny thing, I was working in in uh, Canada. I was working with some rock group up there, and down the street was Art Blakey. I went down, and it was uh, Lee Morgan playing with. Uh, we had these crazy suits. He was just not laughing at me. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
Now, was Jerry was Mulligan in that crowd, too? He was before my time, yes. Oh, okay. uh, <clears throat> the Buddy DeFranco. <clears throat> they all mm-hmm. came back and played. It was, it was a post-grad grad course that you could play at Nest Bomb. You come out of the service. And a lot of those guys came back, like Billy Root, uh, Buddy DeFranco, just to name a couple that I can think of. It was quite a bit, quite a few of them. Were, they were monster musicians. That, 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 I mean, for, we were in high school. These guys were, were superstars already. Yeah, Sam Reed. There's, there's so many. I've seen in my career with different groups all over the country. So speaking of that, just some of the acts that you played with. Like I know you mentioned that you played with Sinatra a few times to me. Are there, is there anyone else you could just share with the audience uh, that you've performed yeah, with? Yeah, I, I, I got a list somewhere. I, <laughs> I've been writing them down because I did the Ed Sullivan, all the big TV shows, the World uh, Disney. And, um, I, I I played Sinatra twice, two ten day shows with him. Uh, Liberace did little tours with him two or three times. Johnny Mathis maybe half a dozen times. Rick Damone, uh Anne Margaret, uh, Sound of Music, uh, Julie. What was her name? Uh, no, oh, Julie really, Andrews. Julie Andrews. Yeah, one of the toughest shows I've ever played. <clears throat> really? Oh uh, yes. And I was Bobby Rydell's drummer on all his. Uh, most of his records. Uh, listen, this is a good album I did with him. Bobby Rydell at the Copa. I listened to it now. I can't believe I played that fast. Uh, <laughs> I did on some one of Chubby Checker's records, uh, and I traveled with Dion. Did Ed Sullivan with Dion. Uh, I traveled with the Smothers Brothers. I did Mills Brothers. That's really far back. You wouldn't even remember the Mills Brothers. Uh, I did some little tours with Tom Jones. Uh, yeah, I, I was offered a lot of uh, Milton Berle. I worked a lot with him too, and he wanted me to tour with him. But I was I was in school, so I couldn't couldn't tour with Milton Berle. But uh, I think I'm, I'm up to like 72 people because I worked a Latin casino. That was 50 weeks a year, uh, seven nights a week, 50 weeks a year. And Liberace wow. commands an outro time. It was it was never an you just were right from Sunday right to Monday rehearsal. At first, and I did that for a lot of years, so you can imagine that double acts always come in. So you imagine how many people I played with. If I didn't play drums, I played percussion. So it was a real learning experience to win. I was a little afraid of it at first, but uh, uh, I got pretty sharp after I played it quite you know, after a couple of years of that. So what were the years that you played Latin Casino, roughly? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, Sean, I'm I'm 82, almost 83 sure. years old. I, yeah, I don't remember. I was there until they closed, and when they closed, okay. then I did a lot of I did a lot of shows at Valley Forge. I went to Valley Forge. I did some, a lot of shows okay. in, in Atlantic City, but not a lot. I caught the tail end of that. <clears throat> Were there any other performers that you worked with that you could uh, put as like your favorite, perhaps? Like you really enjoyed working with this artist, either musically or personally, oh. or both. Yeah, Victor Mullen really impressed me. His voice, even Sinatra said he was he had the best pipes of all of them. Victor really? Mullen, the Johnny Mathis, I love Johnny Mathis. I think the biggest role was Sinatra. Okay. Well, I worked with all, with all the comics, Don Rickles, uh, oh, six, seven times. Some of his acts I played so many times. Like <clears throat> one of my kids was in Chicago and he saw a thing with, with Don Rickles and he called me back three times. He said, "Like, so you again, Dad?" Like. <laughs> yeah, I work on it. I won a lot of the records too. That Cami, I was at Cameo Records for like five years. I was house percussionist there. Dee Dee Sharp. Uh, uh, I can't even remember all the acts that were there, but I, I was on almost everybody's record at that time. 
you're so humble. You said this wouldn't be interesting. These are everything you're telling me is amazing. So just keep going. <laughs> yeah, I did all the Dick Clark tours. I got a nice big big thing he wrote up for me. Gave me a big picture before he died. Uh, did all his tours. Played all the acts. <clears throat> Went all over the country with him for quite a while. With, uh, Bobby Ray Dell was was the star that I was with at that time. But I did the whole tours to Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Tokyo. Went all over the world. <clears throat> Thank God. Yeah, incredible. Well, good old days, Sean. When you could, when you really make a living out of this business. Yeah, it's a uh, great today story. I like though. two hours. Uh, about today, I spent like two hours just internet, checking drummers, Sneak God, Kayuna, oh Dave Weckl. Oh my God, it's just those guys are great. Oh my God, when I got done at the two and a half over two hours, I got needed a nap. They they just blew me out. I still practice. I do my mallets. Uh, you know, Jack Jennings, a good friend of mine. He's he was a he's a monster player. He's won everybody's album. He's traveled with the rock okay. so In fact, I in fact I bought his Tempani. I I have his Tempani. I'm I'm going to try to. Oh, sell he was him. um, he was on the Carol Burnett show, right? Yes, Carol Burnett. He was, uh, yeah. yeah, he did. Uh, oh, he was all the big ones. He was an author, Godfrey, mm-hmm. Carol Burnett. Uh, oh, another big show. He did Cats for 18 years. I just visited him last week. He's really in bad shape. It's a shame. But what a mm-hmm. musician. I played with his jazz group. He had a jazz group in New York where most of the guys were the Tonight Show. And he formed a group down here. I used to go to his house. He lived like a half a mile from my house down here. Oh, okay. And we had a five, five-piece group. We would, we would play every week. And we couldn't work because he wanted too much money to play. We played a few places, but we didn't work that much. But what a what a group. <clears throat> Learning experience. Nice. So, what about venues? You said you went all around the world and played in different places. Is there a particular venue or city that you really that sticks out to you as something that was a really great experience playing in? Uh, I don't know. When I did, uh, when I did the, those tours, they were pretty much in stadiums. Uh, uh, I liked Las Vegas, but at that time I had three children. My wife said, well, she, "We're not. I'm not raising my children here. We have five. Right? We have five all together now." But uh, no, Vegas might have been the the, the spot I liked. Mm. I used to tour that with groups like George Young. I did Vegas, Reno, Tahoe, and I'm back to Vegas. And I was just getting a card out there, and my wife said, "I'm not raising my kids here," so we, I came home. Yeah, yeah. And I, when I was in Curtis, I had a chance to go with the Boston Pops, and I turned it down. <laughs> <laughs> that little startup group. Who wants to deal with them? <laughs> yeah, who wants to be on a thinky back in those days? Like, yeah. So, <laughs> and I was working wow. with groups and some of the star bands would ask me to go with them. Jimmy Jimmy Dean at one time I was playing at Washington and we had a cowboy band working. Work, that's one of the Vince Montana with Larry McKenna band. It was a good band. And he already offered me to go to jail. They were they were going to New York and I turned it down. And they got a big TV show out of it all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what mistakes or not, but I've I've done a lot, and I I I I enjoy what I've done, and it just goes so fast. But I, had, I was yeah. there when it was what is really a good business, and I enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah, I I'm impressed with you. You're doing, man. You're you're doing it. There's not many playing guys doing it in music today. Yeah, it's tough. You have to uh, love it and uh, just keep grinding away every day. Not, yeah. It's not easy, but you know. Yeah. Better than the alternative, I guess. Have a good time with it. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> B 
Besides playing drums and percussion, I know you have always been an avid swimmer. Is there anything else that you do besides drumming? No, I work out every day. Even today, I mean, I do 80 push-ups almost every day when I get out of the shower. I ride my exercise bike. I try to do nine miles in, in a half hour. I do that every day. And I'm going to start swimming again. I haven't, haven't swum for a while, but I'm going back to swimming. I used to swim a mile every day. I was a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. I used to get on the shores and play in these resorts. <clears throat> when I first moved to Cape May, I couldn't get a job. Nobody knew me down here. So I became. I took the course and became a lifeguard when I was 50 years old and became a lifeguard. Yeah, I, I still swim. But there's a place down uh, Wildwood Crest I swim at. Nice. Yeah. Um, stay in shape. <laughs> especially with yep. playing drums, you know that. Oh, yeah, you got to stay active, especially moving the stuff. The older I get now, I'm like, oh, how far do I have to carry that? You know, I didn't think yes. about that 30 years ago. And they said to me, where do you have to carry all that stuff? I bring two, two, at least two or three times. I like make three or four symbols. I, I want to sound like I don't want to bring a snare drum in that bass drum, and, and that's not me. I want to play with what I practiced on. Yep. And I was almost no. Nat Cole's drummer. When I was with Bobby Rydell, his conductor left and went with Nat King Cole. Uh, oh. it was, and there was like five guys behind the bass. They had like five guys that traveled with them. And the drummer wasn't working out. And he was, they were calling me from Chicago. When you get to Philly, right, you're our drummer. I was, I was really impressed because I loved that call. Oh, uh, yeah. Cleveland. And when, you know, when I got to Philly, he was working out. And uh, the drummer was the piano player's uh, brother. So I, I didn't get the job. <clears throat> but I got front row uh. seats, my wife and I. And we went back to the dressing room and met him. And, uh, a lot of things you could have, should have, like, you know, came close, but I wasn't doing it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, and yeah, that was incredible. Back, yeah, back in those days, I did, like, the Tommy Dorsey, all those small. We used to work uh, Steel Pier, which I played many times with Bobby Rydell, Shelby Checker. I did it with Dion. And uh, we 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 went one week when we were to Tommy Dorsey. Next next week will be uh, uh, Covington's band. And after about three weeks, the guy said, if you come in with the same musicians, I'm like, yeah, I'm canceling you out. Because those are bands that are just <laughs> leaders, and they hire the band. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's, again, that's probably not too interesting. <laughs> it's like the uh, Atlantic City version of the Wrecking Crew. <laughs> the same guys yeah, are the different yeah. front man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Were you ever on The Tonight Show? Tonight Show? No, I never did Tonight Show. No. Okay. I did uh, uh, I did the uh, Dick Clark show in New York when uh, it was uh, John Zackley, the dinner with what was the the Monster Mash. I played drums on that, and we were oh, yeah. in New York for that. Yes, the original oh, wow. Monster so, Mash. Yes. Are you the drummer on the recording? Yes. Yes. Wow. I know that song. Yeah, I just saw Chubby Checker and Kate May. Yeah, just. Last summer, and I got uh-huh. front row seats because that guy knew me and went back to dress room. He didn't remember me. He was our coffee boy when we were. He was like sixteen years old. When we were coming workers, he was our coffee boy. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he worked <laughs> in the, on Ninth Street. He was a chicken plucker. Yeah, and uh, he, he covered the the twist, which was Hank Bowers' uh, number, and he had to give him half the money. Oh, wow. Yeah. I saw a show down in uh, in Cape May. He was pretty good. He had a good band with him. Good drummer. Drummer from from the uh, the Navy band. I saw the Navy band. They come down to uh, Wildwood, and they come down to Cape May. And 
Okay. They went last year, but it's a great group. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, they, the service bands are really solid players. Oh, God. Those guys were in there for like 15, 20 years, some of them. Sure. And I, yeah, the last, last year, the, the drummer on that, the both shows, at the Lower Cape May, we get a lot of the jazz shows down there. And they come in for the schools, and so I get all these free tickets. Plus, I, I work with the jazz band. I, I go on uh, every Monday night and work with the kids. Okay. So I get I get I get a minute with that with uh, with the concerts and everything comes in there. <clears throat> nice. If there's young people out there with aspirations to get in the music, what do you think one of the best pieces of advice from all your experience you could give to these kids is? Well, so the main thing is study with a really good teacher in the beginning. That's that's mm-hmm. number one. And you got to really want to do it. You know, he's, He's, like many days I spend five six hours a day practicing. It's just you, you gotta you gotta want to do it, and uh, uh, it's, it's a tough road. I've, even to now today, it's very tough. It was a little easier, I think, back when I played because everybody every place had a band or a, there were so many places to play. Now you, uh, it's, I don't know how to put that. It's just you know, study with a good teacher and work really work hard at it. Uh, so, Ray, thanks for taking your time and uh, sharing all these stories with us. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will get a lot of benefit from this because you can't teach experience. So hearing stories from guys like you is really so important for uh, young players. And on behalf of my wife and I, uh, thank you for all you did for us in our drumming lives. Without this foundation you gave me, and I'm sure she'd say the same thing, uh, I wouldn't be the musician I am today. So thank you so much for that. I thank you, Sean, for you and your wife, uh, excellent people and uh, good musicians, both of you. And pleasure working with you when I worked with you. And I don't think I was that interesting, but (laughs) you never know. (laughs) Okay, thank you, Sean. Say hello to your wife. You got it. Thanks, Ray. Yeah, yeah, you married well. She's a great woman. Great girl. All right. As a special tribute to Mr. Dealey on DrummerCafe.com, I did a lesson which I called Ray's Triplets. I'll have a link to that below this podcast. And the music that was accompanying this interview was actually Mr. Dealey uh, performing with Bobby Rydell live at the Copa. So look for that album on iTunes and Amazon and enjoy some of his great playing. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of Backstage at the Enharmonic. Thanks for listening.